Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. This week, we have a show about stargazing. Just because one can't see the night sky or the bodies in the heavens doesn't mean one can't be interested in the universe and what's out there and investigate some of our heavenly bodies. We'll speak with Yuma Antoine Decaux and Jake Dean from Osiris about the accessible Astrios stargazing app they are developing for iOS to open up new vistas for both amateurs and professionals. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Yuma. Do you have a tip that you'd like to share? Take risks. Go ahead and take risks and don't be afraid of hurting yourself. Uh, just, you know, go and explore, discover. Don't let society just tell you, you got to stay home and don't worry about it. We're going to give you this and that and you'll be happy enough. Go out there, explore, uh, get in touch with people. And, you know, when you get in touch with people, that's when you really start to make sense. Uh, in your surrounding. It's not just about looking at your Facebook feeds and talking to people uh, with your mobile phones. And what a great tip for so many aspects of life, whether you're visually impaired or not. Sometimes it's a good idea just to try new things, overcome challenges, always keep learning. There's always something new to learn in life and stay involved with other people. You can learn lots from other people, get lots of ideas from other people, new ways of doing things, and plus it's nice socially sometimes to interact with other people. And as you'll learn from the rest of this show, Yuma has had no shortage of adventures himself. In fact, he was recently awarded the Holman Prize to go out on yet another adventure. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Yuma and Jake and learning about how they met and started working together. Hi, my name is Yuma Antoine Decaux, and I'm the blind side, but not the least side of a uh, little startup in Brisbane called Osiris. I love uh, mathematics. I used to love bikes before, but now I love mathematics and astrophysics. And I always like to find solutions. Yuma, you mentioned that you're the blind side of the operation. I gather you lost your vision in an accident some years ago? Uh, yeah, I lost it. Uh, well, uh, it's about to be 11 years ago now. It was uh, in the islands in Cambodia while I was working as an expat. Uh, for a French TV network, and I was doing both kind of commercial and non-for-profit operations. And then I went on holiday with some friends to this place called Bamboo Island, and someone had uh, brought in some illegal fireworks, misoperated, exploded in my face. And, you know, from there, the kind of journey began. You always hear warnings about that, but you rarely hear people to whom that kind of accident has happened. I'm sorry to hear that. It happens to a lot of people, yes. I mean, it happens to a lot of people, but most of it is kind of not really, I would say a lot of people, you know, proportionally to, to, to world population. It's, it's nothing, uh, but it still exists. And Jake, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm Jake Dean. I'm a sighted half of a startup in Brisbane, Osiris. 
been working with humor and been friends with humor for five, six years now. Enjoy getting my hands into the workshop, you know, pretty much just slapping things together and then trying to find solutions for problems, any random problem that we can come up with. We've, uh, we've built our friendship based on trying to solve problems together and auto, uh, I guess automatically that's come into how do we build solutions for both sighted and uh, visually impaired people. And how did you guys connect? Yuma, you're from France and Jake, you're from Australia, right? Yeah, I, I landed over here in 2013 and I came uh, with my girlfriend and I had chosen Brisbane uh, as my next step for uni. Uh, after I've taken bridging classes, because I thought, okay, I need to refresh my maths. So when I arrived, I was looking for places. I found a nice place, you know, near the campus. And next to it, there's actually um, a gas station. Because it was convenient, I would go there, you know, maybe late night, because I'd be working on something. And then, you know, Jake and a bunch of other people happened to be there and, and hang out. Uh, and talk about all sorts of different things. So, you know, we had uh, someone who was more of an environmental engineer and another person who was a marketer and a neuroscientist. And then there was me and then there was Jake. And uh, there was another guy who's more of a game developer. Uh, and we all just kind of liked hanging out for some reason. And uh, me and Jake has, you know, we have affinities for 3D, for modeling uh, and for mathematics and AI and things. So we struck you know, quite a few conversations uh, to find solutions to different things. So it sounds like you guys are both creative inventors and just always willing to try new and different things. Sounds like fun. Yes, that's right. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is OSIRIS and the accessible Astrios stargazing app they are developing. And towards the end of this segment, you'll be able to hear a demonstration of Pete using the Astrios app using voiceover. So let's start out. Maybe you can tell us the name of your company, how it got its name, where it came from. For the name, you know, Osiris is a Greek god, but it's also an Egyptian god. It's, you know, it's got, it's got quite a lot of literary, how should we say, historical value to it. And we just wanted to put a twist, you know, with the E-Y-E instead of the I in Osiris. But then Osiris also is an anagram for Sirius, uh, S-I-R-I-U-S, uh, which is also Sirius the star that actually gave uh, early humanity the ability to navigate around the world. And you also have OS in Osiris, which is operating system, EYE for the I, uh, and RIS, I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but it also had a meaning. But yeah, that's, uh, so we packed in a lot of meanings into the name of our company. Well, I just feel like I took a class in literature and history with meanings and sub-meanings and references back to other meanings. <laughs> that was very interesting. And what does your Osiris do? We create products which are universally accessible. So that is really um, where, you know, we merge um, the abilities and the intuition that a sighted person would have with the ones that a blind person would have. So, 
you know, one of the products is the Macron, which is a IoT tape measure, which connects via Bluetooth and which is associated to a platform with a whole bunch of things, templates we like to call Morfolio. So it's a bunch of template sequences of measurements that allow you to keep track of, you know, different measurements and refer yourself back to a specific measurement and using again, that multi-dimensional paradigm, which is visual sound tactile and also contextual. So that means speech. So if you imagine like a personal trainer, um, a personal trainer will measure a series of measurements on someone as they go through a program, this device, this one of the first devices that we made the Macron allows you to record that data into your phone and then view it over time. So instead of having to write it down and, and kind of keep track of all your notes everywhere, it kind of just centralizes all your measurements to one location with the added benefit of being fully accessible. You refer to it as being a tape measure, but I get the impression it measures more than just distance. It does angles as well. So it measures lined and curved distances and angles. The one invention that really caught our eye and caused us to contact you was you've developed a stargazing app that's accessible? Yeah, that initially started with a conversation in our workshop when the uh, solar eclipse was coming up. And so the question popped up on, well, how can we visualize this even if we can't see it? And so I just kind of, you know, searched around a bit and then I found this thing called the Horizon System from NASA. Uh, which is a, a Telnet system that you can connect to, you know, with a command line interface. And it starts giving you, you know, positions or what I call ephemerides of all sorts of objects across the solar system. And then what I did is I associated it in an app and we used the accelerometer to uh, make it so that you can really kind of virtually understand where the position of all those objects were. And that's, that, that was the start of the project. And then, the madness got deeper and deeper, and more interesting and exciting. <laughs> and what kind of information are you able to get from this app? The objects you can actually find in the app are, so it starts with the solar system with obviously all the planets and moons and uh, all the spacecrafts, uh, all the 19,000 objects which are in orbit around Earth from L1 to L4, so Lagrange. So now we're about 7 million stars. It started at 118,000 stars. Now we're at 7 million. We're trying to get to 1.8 billion stars. Black holes, all the NGCIC, so new, new general catalog. Uh, those are galaxies and you know different star formations and, and clusters, things like that, and exoplanets as well. So, oh yeah, so we got asteroids and comets. I mean, you know, Jovian. You know, we pretty much, you know, look for everything that exists out there. And how do you convey information about these millions of objects to somebody who's using the app, presumably to learn about the objects and where they are? Okay, so that started, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to put inside, which is the design side. So uh, I like uh, hiking uh, in forests and things uh, with my dog and you know friends and things. And while hiking, I could hear there's these birds, uh, you know, that do kind of a radar blip kind of sound and they communicate with each other on the canopy in the forest. And, you know, that, that kind of gave me the intuition of mapping. So what is like the spectral category or what is called, you know, what is the, the age of the star and the way it's composed, mapping that uh, to a specific kind of chime. So when uh, a star is at early stage, the, the, the chime is at a higher level. And when it's lost most of its energy, 
and it's kind of burning at a slower rate and it's at the end of its life, then it's got a more clangy, metallic, bamboo-ish uh, kind of sound. And the second part to understand it better is the scientific part, which is to use the actual, what are called light curves coming from each of the objects and transform the information that comes through into different frequencies and then passing it on to a, a sound or different sounds, which uh, come in 3D. And then those two have the tactile dimension associated to them. So when you put your finger on the screen, like let's say a spacecraft, well, you can feel the actual shape of the spacecraft, but as you feel the different parts of the spacecraft, you got information that comes out like the solar panels and things like that. And when it comes to the stars, then when you feel each of the stars, um, you actually feel the pattern of the stars. So the main dominant pattern of the star uh, played in haptic on the screen. So yeah, the, the, all of these kind of different ways of understanding the star is an extra layer to also just getting information about the star. And what other type of feedback does the app provide to the blind user? There's graph reading. Uh, so being able to read a graph from left to right, as you slide your finger left to your right, you'll be able to hear a tone that changes in pitch. Uh, and the frequency is associated to the different frequencies that come out of the star. Uh, so all of these kind of get, you know, separated into different pieces, just as a scientific person would analyze um, these phenomena. And I take it this plays well with voiceover in terms of naming the star and giving you some feedback of the text associated with the information. Yeah. So does this run on iOS or Android or other platforms? Uh, it's mainly iOS for now because we wanted to really put the, the augmented reality part of it. I thought it was really important, you know, for people to be able to understand that, yes, even if you point a, a camera on the floor, that there's actually an object down there, but across the planet on the other side, just to, to really give you this very, very interactive understanding of things instead of it just being constantly textual. And if there's a particular object in the sky that you're trying to locate, how would you get the app to find that? Oh, yeah, there's a guiding system as well. So you can you can choose from a list, you know, from all the list of objects. And when you've targeted an object, then the guidance system, you know, your, your phone vibrates regularly. And if it vibrates faster, then you're actually closer to the object in the sky. And then you also have some sound associated to it. So, you, you know, it can guide you to where those objects are. So it sounds like there's several ways of using this app. You can point your phone at the sky in different directions and it will tell you what objects are there and then this guidance system presumably enables you to choose from a list which object you want to point at and through vibrations and other feedback the phone will tell you where to point to look at that object is that right yes that's right and there's also another layer uh, we're working on because i mean if you look at the vocabulary of all of these objects like uh, there are about thirty-eight thousand unique words and so we want to put a layer called lia which stands for light electron assistive heuristics uh, which is someone that you're going to be able to speak to and ask for different things you know as you explore the universe oh so you can ask by voice instead of just searching by swiping through a list that's right so you can just say search for mars how cool. Boy, there's a very functional app and sounds like it's very usable by someone who is visually impaired 
with lots of good feedback. Yeah, yeah. What fun. You said you have a vocabulary of, I don't know, 38,000 words. Do you have a dictionary for that vocabulary? So if there's a term somebody doesn't know what it means that they can learn? Yeah, this is the actual concept of it. So we created a database and literally put all of these different objects in the database. And then, you know, we run an algorithm on it to see what all the unique uh, words and names. And so it's basically the start of a search engine. The search engine gives you results as a natural language, you know, as if you're in a spaceship, basically. And then you got the system, you know, who kind of goes, uh, you know, Pegasus B is about 72 parsecs away. Would you like to know more? And then you know, say yes. And then we found about 40 exoplanets, you know, this year, like, you know, those kind of things. So the basis of it is the database. And then from there, it's really, you know, if you want to get some more details about a constellation that we got the information for it. Uh, if you want to stop it, then you can stop it. But I thought a narrative way of doing it instead of just textual is much more interesting. Oh, how nice. Yes. So is all of this data and information held on the phone, or are you essentially pointing to databases that are held by NASA and other space agencies? Uh, it's a mix of the two, because on the phone, you know, you should at least be able to explore things a bit, even if you're offline. But if you really want to get to some more bleeding edge, you know, last minute stuff, then that data needs to be captured uh, externally. So one of the things is that we're working on is to take all of the data coming from all the satellites, which are currently in mission, all the ones that have passed missions, you know, like the Hubble Space Telescope, Kepler, K2, uh, currently TESS is running, there's the Parker Solar Probe going around the sun. So the idea was to capture the, you know, to create an interface with each of these satellites and then understand what data they send through, which are on the formats called FITS files. It's like an image file, but it has a lot more information in its header, like, you know, the engineering stuff for the satellite, what direction it's taking and so on. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to take all of these satellites into one specific position that you might choose in the sky where you'd be dragging a rectangle with your finger and then you pull all of the information from every satellite, which has some information about that point in the sky. And so when you actually put all of these combined satellite photo imagery, you can get every spectrum outside of visible light in that region that you choose. And this is when you actually have those beautiful images that come from you know, the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, but then we can transform that with sound by giving all the hues and intensities and the different frequencies in 3D audio. Wow, a very powerful and detailed tool. So who is using this tool? Is this made for people just to have fun, or is this used by professional astronomers? So we're currently interviewing a lot of different astronomers and experts to ask them what they work on and what, the, what kind of phenomenon they mainly work on, and then you know we kind of cover their topic, but we also go through a phase where we really asked them what kind of tools we can build for them. But currently it's for the general user. It's for, you know, uh, visually impaired or sighted uh, user who wants to know more about, you know, the sky. And there's also some people who want to use it for education. I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential, but we have a bit over 2000 beta testers right now. Wow. And we hopefully to kind of increase, you know, the features. 
the goal for Astrius is to bridge the gap between professional astronomy and professional, you know, stargazing to the level that someone who can interact with it who doesn't have any experience with stars at all. So it covers the gamut. Yes. You described in detail where the name Osiris came from. What about the name Astrios? Astrios is the, is the concatenation of two gods. So one is Astrius, who's the god of uh, dusk, and Eos, the goddess of dawn. And so when you put them together, it becomes Astrios. And again, there's the reference to the operating system. So OS and Aster, A-S-T-R-E, is actually celestial in French, but which, is, which also comes from Latin. So Aster OS. So it's an astral operating system. That's pretty cool. And just as an aside, Yuma mentioned that Eos is the goddess of the dawn. And that's why when we, with design assistance from our daughter, were coming up with the logo for Eyes on Success, whose initials are E-O-S, we made the logo look like a stylized sunrise. You guys are creative with names. And with content. (laughs) Yeah, well, knowledge is great. You know, culture, knowledge, history, science. And as promised, here is Pete demonstrating how you can use the Astrios app with voiceover. All right, let's get into the app and see how it works. I'm on my iPhone. Astrios beta. There's the app. I did a single finger double tap, and I'm in the viewport. Now, from the viewport... What I can do is tilt the phone at the sky, and it'll tell me what object the phone is pointed at. So let's do a little tilting, and I'll move the phone slowly. Corona Australis. Sagittarius. Microscopium. Aquila. So it's telling me about all the objects in the sky where the phone is pointing. Now if I do a two-finger swipe up. Querying. CST. Object modes. I'll get into a mode where I can choose a particular object to look at that more closely. So on the left side of the screen, I have a list of objects. I'll move my finger slowly down the left side of the screen. Mars. Mars. Saturn. Saturn. Uranus. Uranus. Neptune. So we have all the planets. Let's go to Saturn. Saturn. And now that we're on Saturn, I'll do a single finger double tap. Loaded. Saturn. Saturn. Viewport. This puts me back in the viewport. Now I can do a single finger double tap again to get a magnified view of Saturn. Magnifying. And as I move my finger around the screen, it tells me what's under my finger. And not only does it do that, but as I move my finger up and down the screen, ring. It vibrates where Saturn is. Saturn. Ring. And then tells me when I come to the ring of Saturn. 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 Ring. Saturn. So in some sense, I can actually feel Saturn. Now, when I'm in the magnified view of some object like Saturn, if I do a two-finger swipe up here... Processing. Close. I get some details about the object. So a dialogue opened up, and if I do a two-finger swipe down, voiceover will read everything in this dialogue to me. Close. Size and distance. With a radius of 36,183.7 miles, 58,232 kilometers, Saturn is nine times wider than Earth. If Earth were the size of a nickel, Saturn would be about as big as a volleyball. From an average distance of 886 million miles, 1.4 billion kilometers, Saturn is 9.5 astronomical units away from the Sun. One astronomical unit, abbreviated as AU, is the distance from the Sun to Earth. 
and so on, it will continue to give me some more description of that particular object in a fair amount of detail. It depends on how much I want to read. And if I hit the close button up top, close viewport, I'll be back in the viewport and I can continue to investigate the sky. Now to get out of this mode, I do a single finger double tap again. Resigning. Ophiuchus. And I'm back in the viewport. And if I start tilting my phone again, I'll find what's in the night sky. Arona Borealis. Libra. Scorpius. And there we go. And finally, here's a sample of some other audio you might hear while using the Astrios app. Atlantis launch director, air to ground one. Atlantis, go. Okay, Fergie, uh, we're starting to feel pretty good down here on the ground about this one today. So on behalf of the greatest team in the world, uh, good luck to you and your crew on the final flight of this true American icon. And so for the final time, Fergie, Doug, Sanding Rex, good luck, Godspeed, and have a little fun up there. So even if you can't see what's up there in the sky, you can not only enjoy it, but also learn something. And how cool is that? You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about Osiris or Astrios or the Macron and how to contact the folks at Osiris, including Yuma and Jake. So if people are interested in finding out more about your company, Osiris, and some of the products that you have, where would you send them? People can go to, so Astrios, uh, A-S-T-R-E-O-S dot space, or they can uh, check us out at Osiris.com. So O-S-E-Y-E-R-I-S dot com, or check our Facebook page uh, because we're going to have uh, a world tour uh, investigative tour in astrophysics, um, which has started already in Australia and which will start overseas on February 9th. So it's called Astro Hunters, the Facebook group. And uh, you can follow me losing weight, uh, tumbling in the desert and, you know, <laughs> trying to get on top of the Giza pyramid or getting lost somewhere in Kyrgyzstan and also the U.S. So, yeah, follow us there. <laughs> and if people have questions for either of you is there an easy way people can contact you yeah i think we have our names um on the website this there's uh you know there's a whole bunch of things like blogs and tutorials and whatnot but in the contact page like each of us i think there's our name and linkedin and messenger things like that uh so people can get in touch with us and you know could have a cool discussion if people wanted to purchase your measurement apparatus where would they go to find that? Jake, do you know where that is? Yes. If you go to the homepage of Osiris, O-S-E-Y-E-R-I-S dot com, you should be able to see a products tab, and then the products tab will take you to the Macron. And if you're looking for any of that contact information, as usual, it will be in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Also in the show notes, if you're interested in trying out this app, we'll have a link there that if you have test flight installed on your iOS device and you click on the link, you'll be able to run the beta version of this app. It's currently still in beta, so there are some things that don't work perfectly, but as my demonstration 
indicated, you can still have some fun with it. That's it for show number 2006. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about dealing with the challenges of vision loss. Hannah Fairbairn's book, When You Can't Believe Your Eyes, Vision Loss and Personal Recovery, is based on her experience as an instructor at the Carroll Center for the Blind, as well as on her own personal journey with vision loss. We'll talk with her about the book and some of the guidance it offers for those new to vision loss. And we hope to catch you all next week for another episode of Eyes on Success. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.